Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You're tuned into Life is a Sacred Journey. Every week, we bring a new perspective to aging and caregiving. Here is your host, Michelle Pope. Good morning. <laughs> I have lost my mind this morning. Good morning, family. (laughs) Uh, It is Friday morning. Good morning to all of you. Good afternoon and good evening to everyone in the virtual neighborhood of Life is a Sacred Journey. It is always my honor and privilege to be with you. And uh, this morning, I'm tickling myself because my lipstick was weird. It still is to me. I don't, I hope it looks okay to you, but it looks weird to me. And, um, I'm just so happy to be alive. This morning, I was thinking about 9-11 and New York City, a place that you know I love and, um, nurtured me in my, um, in my 20s. And, um, you know, and before, but definitely in my 20s. And, um, also just the lives that were lost, but the perseverance of the human spirit. So good morning to all of you humans out there and for the perseverance that we carry in our hearts, the human spirit that we bring to to this world and to all those families that have survived 9-11, that tragedy that we we will always remember. Um, And at some point today, take a moment and just think about, and actually, if you would like to share in the chat, you know, where were you on 9-11? I think we asked that question last year when we had behind us the uh, the towers and you know I I was remembering that this morning um, my children were young um, and I was at that time had television in my home still and I was running around doing the morning chores to get everybody up and out and um, the Today Show was on with Katie Couric and uh, Matt Lauer. I mean, look how far, 20 years, how much everything has changed with even that, Matt Lauer, and, you know, just all of that. And um, I remember... I remember coming into the living room where the TV was going and, and, and hearing, seeing the first plane hit the tower and then hearing Katie Couric go, oh my gosh, or oh my God, I think is what she said. And then I thought, oh, there, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought. I thought, oh my gosh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is making another, um, blow up movie. He or, or, uh, Bruce Willis. Cause at, at that period of time, that's what was happening, right? In movies. And then, 
um, I could hear another person say, oh no, it's real. And that's when I ran back into the living room, sat down on the couch and became just like fixed to this this thing that was going on in our lives. And then the second plane, you know, there, I think it was in the, um, near, near the other, uh, Pentagon. And then, and then there was one in a field somewhere, but they were all, um, the thing that, that, that struck me and, and will always stick with me. And I have such grief is that, you know, I also lived a lot of my life in Boston, almost, you know, great deal of my life. And so one of the planes was, you know, was coming out of Boston and I was just like, wow, you know, who do I know? Uh, that co- could possibly be coming to LA, a flight that I've taken many, many, many times. And so just all the thoughts that were going through my head, I actually, because it's the 20th anniversary today, began my morning having those same thoughts, just thinking about the lives lost, uh, you know, uh, all of that, all of that. So take time to think about the families, the children. There's children that were maybe one years old. They're now 19 or children that were in their middle years or, or, or uh, teenagers. They're grown and they lived a whole existence without a parent or a grandparent or something. So think about Think about 9-11 and, and, you know, let's just lift up good thoughts, prayers, meditations, all of that to those individuals that were affected. I know I was. I know I always will be. Um, there are two people that were colleagues that um, I knew uh, and worked with back in, when I lived on the East Coast that died in that. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, I wasn't close to them in the sense that we had lost contact with each other, but you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. The human connection is unbreakable. Once you walk in somebody's life, you leave, uh, something. It's like a, it's like a negative print. You leave something, but not negative meaning negative bad. And you leave that. And so no matter who we touch, remember you leave the essence, that's a better word, the essence of yourself with that individual. So the more we can be positive, yes, you're going to feel the pain of their loss. We were just talking about this the other day, that the pain of loss is real, but it means you also loved. And 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 I don't think I want to give up one just for the sake of the other. So that's one of my ponderings. Uh, again, you have joined us this morning at Life is a Sacred Journey. I am your host, Michelle Pope. We meet here in the virtual neighborhood, the virtual living room, the, vir- the office <laughs> at 8 a.m. every Friday. I want to thank all of you for always coming back, for supporting this platform. Hit the share button. Do all those wonderful things. I think Felicia is still in Moldova for all of you that... Um, let know Felicia. We, we're waiting for her to get back to Canada, but I think she's still in Moldova as, as of this airing. So wish her a safe journey back to us and on this side of the world. And, um, good morning to my Moldova family. Love you so much. I, I'm in love with her mother. I think her mother and father are just the most incredible human beings. And I love that they live off the land. Um, I want to also lift up. I've lost a very good friend this week. Um, somebody who has impressed my soul and mentored me 
and taught me about laughter and taught me how to not be afraid of aging. I was working so hard to get her on Life is a Sacred Journey, but because she was across the ocean in the UK, it, we, we never had an opportunity to um, bring a conversation and bring our friendship forward so that you could see the love that we shared. But my good friend, Lynn Ruth Miller, this is her book, Getting the Last Laugh, and there she is. There she is. She passed away, but I want to tell you a little bit about uh, Lynn Ruth Miller. <laughs> she was the oldest performing comedian, okay? The oldest performing comedian. And she was on Got Talent, First Dates. She, I mean, she, but she decided to do all of this in her 70s. And so for the last, what now, 16 years, she's been living this incredible life as a comedian, as a vaudeville. She um, was naked. She did a naked show, vaudeville show. Um, I think she was just 80 when she did that. I think if I'm remembering, those of you who know her, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, courageous, beautiful Lynn Ruth Miller who danced in my life, but Nader Shabahagi introduced her to me. We went out to dinner together and I got to hang out with her. But I want to, I want to, oh my gosh, she's, I just can't, I can't, uh, I want to read something to you that was in her book and I read it last night and I just laughed and I said, yes, that, that's, that's still who I want to be when I grow up. And she, she moved to London, um, uh, I can't remember how long ago. Um, a while, a while now. But this is this is what I want to read to you that she wrote in this book. And if go on, get it. Getting the last laugh, and it's really a wonderful at the time sort of an autobiography of where she was in her life, and again became the oldest living comedian. Uh, they were actually start uh, dubbing her, uh, you know, the next Joan Rivers or, or whatever. But in her book, she writes, the side effect of loving what I'm doing is that I love the rest of my life too. I have finally figured out what happiness is, and I have it. I am enjoying who I am and where I'm going, I have many, many goals to reach, and I'm not nearly where I want to be. Not yet. And then, you know, I just... Lynn Ruth Miller, wherever all the good souls go to party and dance with the divine, I know you're there putting on a show, doing some dirty jokes, girl, because she did some dirty jokes. I'm like, girl, <laughs> Lynn Ruth Miller, set the heavens on fire. And thank you so much for being my friend. Thank you so much for telling me that, you know, just go do the damn thing. And that's exactly what she said to me. Just go do the damn thing. And the damn thing was live your life. Ruth Ann, I mean, Lynn Ruth Miller, thank you so much. God bless you. Rest in peace. Also, we have coming up. And I'm ex really excited about this as well. Uh, Cedric Bridgeforth is a pastor and friend and colleague. 
And um, he's been working on a book for, for years now. And the book is out. And I ordered it, and I'm I'm halfway through it. I'm I, it's a it's a dense read for me because I keep going back, and and his story has glimpses of many of uh, stories of of uh, black gay individuals throughout the world. But he's going to come to life is a sacred journey. His book is Alabama uh, grandson, a black gay minister's passage out of hiding. And so he is going to be coming. We're setting up some time for him to come and have a conversation with us. This is a great read. I know in the church world, um, LGBTQIA, transgender, the conversation gets us all weirded out and we don't want to talk about it and we want to do all kinds of things. But when we hear the stories, this is what changes and softens our hearts about biases and things that we have is when we go out and hear the story and somebody changed, uh, shares their heart. Lynn, because this is her thing was, I'm going to eradicate ageism. Who said I can't do this at 70 something, 80 something? Who said I can't get naked in front of people at 80 something at a vaudeville show? Ha! Huh? She said, who said I can't be a pastor and be a spiritual leader and, and come out of hiding and be who I was born to be? When you learn people's stories and you connect with those stories, you begin to um, see life differently. And you begin to open up your heart and your bountiful um expression of of whatever faith you practice, whatever you believe is the connectional spirit that brings us all here together. And so how do we get there? I've been pondering that. Yeah, you get another pondering this week. We have a guest next week, uh, but we took some, the summer months, you know, as we move from summer to whatever, it the summer months, it's harder to get people to come on. So you, you get me three ponderings in a row. Wow. Um, <laughs> but where do we go when we want to come together as a community? What are the places that we need to travel together and how do we we really lean in to each other's stories without judgment? And and what I realize is that we've been taught to discern, to analyze, to assess stories when we hear them. And and what I'm trying to do now, this is a new revelation for me, is to hear the story like an open vessel. Just to allow that person's story to tell me, to guide me, and not me determine what that part of that story means and how I should dissect it so that I can determine the bad and the good in the story. I may ask questions because I want to get to know the individual and I'm inquisitive about the, the, the tentacles of the story, but to hear a story, genuinely sit with a person. I had that honor, uh, was it last Friday? Yeah, last last week. I don't know if it was Friday, maybe not Friday, but last week. <laughs> I went out to dinner with my friend Lulu 
And Lulu is much younger than me. I, I, wow, like much younger than me, but a really good friend and, and helps me to understand the world through her eyes. And I, I just love it because she's beginning her career and all of that. And we were having a wonderful dinner and talking. And that's what I realized. I realized, um, this is not about me sitting, being the elder with all the wisdom to just kind of vomit all over her what I think she should do and any of that. It was about two friends, just two friends, two women, two people, two humans being together. And I adore her. And we talked, our conversations went round robin. We went from religion to church to community, to our jobs, to relationships, <laughs> all of it, all of it. And it was a wonderful three hours, quite frankly. And um, that's what we have to do. And there's no judgment there. There's no, there was no judgment. It was great. And what was even better about it is you have uh, people of color because she, uh, you know, is an Asian, comes from an Asian ethnicity. And, and, you know, and here we were sitting and we were also talking and pondering this Asian hate thing that's happening and how in conversation, even those who um, Asian folks who know black people um, and know black people in a way where they know they would never harm them in conversation when they're talking about an incident, their, their, their biases come up and that they become very angry at black people and not at the person that is committing the crime, that is committing the atrocity. Or we even took it to a higher plane and started talking about the system that created this division of the better minority, the, the, the cleaner minority, the, the minority that's more acceptable versus the dirty minority, the minority at the bottom of the totem pole, the lazy people, all of that. So it, it, it's like we're all victims. And, but when we victimize each other, you know, when we pull the victimization in of the system or what we, we think is true, what motivates our thought processes, and we bring it into the way we live and the way we talk and the way we judge each other or speak to each other, excuse me, then we create something that is called bias. And then we create something that's called division. And then we create something where you have another, you know, ethnicities are great when you're living out your culture and you're living out um, the things that are the common things that connect. But then there's a, another circle um, that circles us all. And it's, and then, and it couldn't be, um, actually, there's a whole bunch of them. But the bigger circle is the human circle. Right. So, yes, I am black or actually I, I prefer because I'm not black. I, You know, I realized the other day I'm not black. I don't know where I am because at the end of the day, I am Afro, Afro-American. You know, I'm not even African-American because my friends and siblings and brothers and sisters that are from Africa are African-American, just like Italian-American and Asian-American. I am American because I was born in America, but I, I am not African. 
I am of African descent, but not totally. I have Portuguese. I have uh, Chakatwa, uh, uh, Indian Chakatwa, native land blood in me. I have, uh, I said Portuguese. I obviously have African for all the obvious reasons. We don't need to go down that historical path. Um, and then there's other, a hodgepodge. There's a little Scottish. There's a little Spanish. And so, I mean, if, if, if that's the case, then let me identify everything that I am. Because I am all of those things. And and then I am a, a East Coast person. I'll always be that. People always know I'm from the East Coast. Not just by my accent, but by my behavior and the way that I kind of analyze things. Because that's where I was nurtured and born and, and, and everything became who I am. I moved here as an adult. I was 30-something, almost 30 years old when I moved here. So I was already papa-locking by the time I got to California. Right. So 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 I'm that, too. And then I'm a leader, not only in the community, at my at my centers, um, um, at the church. So I'm a leader. So there's a, a big another circle. Um, I'm a humanitarian because I, I, I reach out to people all over the world and I'm engaged in in ministries and things all over the world that don't even have anything to do with the church but they have to do with connections that I've made in my life and I'm supporting those connections like my my friend over there in Greece that's taking care of the beautiful dogs and some cats you know so that's everything that I am so that if you just pick one aspect of who I am and I haven't even given you all of them. I'm a sister. I'm a cousin. I'm a bad cousin. I'm a, I'm a cousin when I'm, and I'm using bad as good. Because I love my cousins. They're like siblings to me. It's bigger. My cousins aren't like these adjuncts to my life. They are like siblings to me. They're my do or dies. And we just had another little cousin born into our, our family. Yeah, he's cousins away, but he's my family. We don't, we don't measure each other like that. Oh, sixth degree cousin, ninth degree cousin. That's my cousin. And the new baby cousin that was born, uh, in the, in the last 48 hours. Welcome to the Pope clan, baby. Welcome. You've joined an incredible family and we will support you. We are movers and shakers in the world and the Pope family will guide you through this journey of life. It's going to be hard. It's going to be crazy, but there's a lot of joy in it. So welcome, little bro. I don't even know his name yet. I have to look it up on Facebook, but welcome. I know it's a boy. <laughs> we create a lot of boys. So in life, it's about the connections it's about the things that connect us and guide us through where you don't have to hear the person's voice every day, but you're connected to them like my friend Renee up in Grass Valley. I've been thinking a lot about her um, just because I have a beautiful statue in my home, uh, she and Teresa, and we used to meet every summer in Grass Valley. And I think it's been, oh my gosh, too long that I've been able to go up there. But I still feel them. They are my friends. I love them. They, 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 every time I look at that, the statue, it's, and if I, I'll bring it one day to the office, but it's, it's so beautiful. And, 
And it reminds me of me, and it reminds me of them, and it reminds me of a place, uh, Grass Valley, that I love so much, where I went jogging in the morning mist and came across a mother with her, her cub, a bear with her cub, and had to learn, uh, don't keep running, girl. <laughs> Go in the opposite direction, okay? But again, it was, that is what memories and relationships and connection is all about. It's not about trying to create these negative um, things to remember about an individual so that you go away with all this negative drama in your heart, soul, and spirit. It's about the positive connections and the places where you, um, where you can love. And show love and show acceptance. I was in Ace Hardware. My, you know, everybody who knows life is a sacred journey. My favorite store is, you know, the high end uh, retail stores, not just because I don't purchase anything. I just love going in. I love things that are made well. And I, and I love hardware stores. Uh, and at the Ace Hardware store, they have an incredible buyer that buys uh, the, these things for your backyard, patio, blah, blah, blah. Well, there was a beautiful screen. It's very ornate, handmade, butterflies, and vibrant, vibrant colors. And it's almost 400 maybe $500. Okay. Well, I was admiring it on one side, and this other man was admiring it on the other and we, I finally came over. He said, come over to the other side. He said, wait till you see this side. And I came over and, or went over, excuse me, and, and I looked at it and we began this conversation. Okay. So this is an older white man, conquered, um, looked as if he could be one thing. But in our conversation, he wasn't that at all. He was a creative being like myself who admired beauty. We were dissecting how it was made because that's what I do too. I'm like, okay, was it soldered? Was it da-da-da? And then he said to me, what would you do with it? I said, I know, right? It's so pretty. You wouldn't want it outside, even though I think that's where it's meant to go. And then I said to him, oh, this would be a cool headboard for a twin size bed. He was like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. I said, or you could use it in front of a fireplace. He was like, oh yeah, but not too close because I don't know what kind of paint. Okay, so if I looked at that man based on what all of the all of the media all of the the documents say um a redneck looks like okay he would have fit that profile but when you get under the cover of the book he wasn't that at all he wasn't that at all and he made a connection with me that went beyond anything. We went right to who we are, the spirit of us, these creative beings that are trying to figure out. One, both of us were like wanting it. <laughs> we, we both laughed about it. We're like, I was like, I really want this. He's like, me too. <laughs> he said, but my wife would kill me if I brought it home. I said, I'd kill me if I brought it home. And we laughed and he went on his way and I went down my aisles and met with up with one of the ladies that works there at uh, uh, 
the hardware store, Ace Hardware Store. And she's worked there for 20 years. She's been there a long, or 16, I mean, long time, long time. And we started talking, and I went and got my soil, uh, the stuff that, you know, that I'm, because I'm, I'm planting. You should see my house. It's full of plants now. I, I, I'm, I went into this space of, like, I needed to bring nature back in the house. I used to be a plant guru, and I lost my guru hand, and I decided to rekindle it. And man, Sloan's or Sloat or whatever the name of that place is, is getting my money. I love plants, and I've been buying the ones that really filter the air because of my asthma and all the fires, and they really work. And I'll actually bring a list of those to share with you. These are the kind of plants that actually purify the air. But anyway, so um, in all of that, I walk up there and she said, how you doing? And I'm like, how you doing, sis? And, and she said, you know, I love it that you call me sis. And I said, well, you are. We, we're, we, I've been coming in here a long time and we meet and greet each other with great friendship. And so you're my sis. And she said, she asked me to give her a hug. And I did. And I said, have a good day. She said, have a good day. And she said, How, how's things going at the center? And I said, we're doing all right. And um, I recently have found out she's a donor to ASAP. <laughs> because I never knew her name. All this time with her name tag on, I had never paid attention to her name at all. At all. We don't even call each other by name. But there goes my phone. Uh, ignore it. I'm sorry. I meant to turn it off. So I've been getting these robocalls from like 8 o'clock in the morning all day long, robocalls, and they start off with uh, 326, and then they go 2080, then they'll go 2188. So they are awful. So all of you scammers out there doing these robocalling to people, you are harassing people, and you need to stop it. Yeah, I don't know if there are any of you that will come to this platform because you probably aren't this enlightened if you're going to be going out doing that kind of stuff. But that's what's happening. Yesterday, I got over 25 robocalls on, on my... That's my work phone that, that went off. It's just nuts. So I apologize that, that that happened. And shame on you, robo person, wherever you are, um, for interrupting us here at Life is a Sacred Journey. <laughs> Shame on you. Remember that? Uh, but being close to people and, and, and not worrying about all the bells and whistles of, and I'm, and I'm going to look at her name tag when I go there tomorrow because I got to go there and I'm going to remember her name just because I brought it up to you this morning. But, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just two human beings that come together. My love for hardware, her love for hardware stores because she works in it and she knows where everything is and she comes up with great ideas. Our love for that is what brings us together. Our love for gardening brings us together. Our love for humanity, because we always say a little bit, she always says, how's, how's your sunshine today? I go, things are pretty sunny. Things are bright. And, you know, she's a total stranger to me in the true sense of the word that I don't know where she lives. I don't know if she's married or not. I don't know if she has any children. I don't know her name, but I know her name. And I hope that makes sense to you. 
So in our pondering, in my ponderings, my hodgepodge of ponderings, I realized that, oh man, we are really all in this together. But until we stop looking at whether you have a PhD and I have a master's and and those things are all important in the realm of our work and the realm of um, navigating certain spaces so that we can be um, uh, legitimize our expertise and all of that. But when we come together as a humanity, come bare, shed all that stuff that's in your cool vest. I remember one of our youth directors used to tell the youth, take off your cool vest and just come as you are. Come as you are. And in the and you know the cool vest has pockets in it. So all those roles that you play, take the stuff out of the, the stuff. Just, you know, take off or, or just take the cool vest off. So that you can just connect with people without trying to figure out what kind of car they drive, where they live, how much money they make, why they dye their hair, why they don't, whether they have fungus toenails, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. What matters is the human connection, the thing that brings you back to life is a sacred journey every Friday at 8 a.m., the thing that makes me never want to cancel on you because I really, this connection means a lot to me as well, Um, the thing that makes it so Felicia's mother is willing to let Felicia uh, do a video of her with her chickens so that I can connect with her and she's not just a voice, she's a person. The thing that makes me connect with my home, my unsheltered friends, that makes them, that makes me want to know them better and, and to be, to be less like uh, us and them. The thing that, that makes me want to listen to younger people, 40 years younger than me, 30, 20, 10, all, all, I want to listen to the babies all the way down. I want to listen to them. I was in the grocery store, last story for today. Uh, I was in uh, uh, Whole Foods. And even though we're still practicing six-foot distancing, there was a mother with a little, uh, I'm not going to say toddler, but not a, not almost two, almost two, because they were, they were, you know, starting to use words, and, and but definitely still a, a, an infant, not two. And... Um, they, the baby caught my eye, the ba- meaning the baby caught my eye because the baby was staring at me. And, and I realized, you know, probably the, I may have been the first black person that that baby had seen, or it was the colors that I had on. I mean, it could be my hair. It's usually my hair or my earrings. There's a lot of things that could have attracted this baby. But when we went eye to eye, I smiled. I had my mask on. But I smiled under the mask. I mean, a big smile because all of you know I love babies. <laughs> I love children. They're amazing. Um, and the baby started smiling. And so then I said, good morning, you beautiful little person. It's so good to meet you. And the mother looked at me and, you know... She smiled and then the baby giggled and I said, thank you. It's so nice to hear your voice and it's so nice to meet you. And, and then the baby said, 
started to try to get out of the cart. And I said, oh, no, no, you can't come with me. And the mother said, oh, I wish he could. <laughs> and I said, you need a break, huh? I said, I remember being a mom during those times. I said, just breathe. You'll get through it. And just, you know, pay attention to the things that are important and allow your child the freedom that it needs to be creative. And thank you for uh, letting me enjoy this beautiful child. So what that point of that story is this. I had a mask on. And I smiled and the child felt my smile. Because it was pure. It was unfiltered. And it was filled with so much love. I was so in love with that baby because I think children are a gift. And the baby felt it and therefore smiled back and then began to coo and kind of talk to me and then wanted to come to me because we were vibing. No, I didn't have any cookies or anything. (laughs) We were just vibing. So go out into the world and vibe with other people. And let's stop making it about, I'm proud of everything that I have accomplished. I'm not trying to demean anybody's accomplishments. You know, for some people, their degrees are very, very important. And they want them to be their calling card for everything. And I'm not judging that. I'm not that person. Um, I earned my degrees for me not to hold them up to the world as an example of excellence because I'm not excellent at all. I'm just a person. And and so meeting people where they are means getting rid of your cool vests, meaning getting rid of judgment and letting people see your smile even through the mask. Whether it's the mask that we have to wear because of COVID or the mask that you put on because you need to. You put them on as like a sense of armor to shield yourself from the world. Take your mask off. Laugh through your mask. Smile through your mask. Love through your mask. And one day you won't have a mask. And the only mask that you'll be forced to wear until we get rid of COVID is the the COVID mask. So have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for for coming to Life is a Sacred Journey. Thank you for um, everything that you have done to lift us up. Hit the share button. Share, share, share all around, all around. You have become an incredible family at Life is a Sacred Journey. As I said uh, a couple of uh, podcasts ago, I see what you write to each other and you really are lifting each other up and becoming a community. I am really happy about that and thank you. Be good to yourself. Love yourself. Know you matter. If you are out there and you're feeling grief and pain, please go to the suicide hotline. The 1-800 number can be found online. I don't have it in front of me right now, and I'll make a, a point of continuing to have it in front of me. If Felicia can find it, she'll put it up um, for this podcast. But don't be depressed and anxious alone. You are not alone. There are people out there who are willing and able to listen to you and to help you get through this time of PTSD, grief, pain, all of that. So please call the the suicide hotline if you need support and, and help. We need you. 
The world needs you. And if you weren't here, yes, it would matter. It would matter to us all. So be good, all of you. Somebody's horn went off. It's the morning, it's the morning of sound. Uh, be good. Love yourself. Hug a tree. Hug a dog. Hug a cat. Hug a person that's in your social bubble. Hug yourself. Love yourself. Be good to the world so the world can be good to you. And I'll see you next Friday. Peace out.